2006, Friday Night Lights and Casting Crowns had a baby, and they named it Facing the Giants. <laughs> Welcome to Dreams of a Better Day podcast, and this week, Ben and I watched Facing the Giants. And I, before Starring we... Denzel Washington as a black coach who comes to a small town where segregation is rampant and coaches a high school football team to victory. Did we watch the same movie? <laughs> Remember the Titans? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, before we get into this, I just want to say that I have seen this movie before. I watched it when I was in high school. Ben had never seen it. <laughs> and he... In about 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, 15 minutes max into the movie, he had predicted every single solitary thing that would happen by the end of the movie. <laughs> It it was a it was a roller coaster ride of emotions. Yeah, absolutely. I think before we get into it though, I just want to say that this movie has perhaps the best costuming of any movie that I've ever seen because it depicts pretty average-looking middle-aged people and they all <laughs> wear first of all like everybody's wearing dad shoes or mom sketchers and they're all wearing clothes that don't fit quite right and it was I don't know if the actors just showed up. They were told to <laughs> wear something like this for this scene when we shoot today. But the Wh- whoever did the costuming for this movie should be working in Hollywood. Yes, it was on point. <laughs> so, so this is one of the uh, we should say this is one of the Kendrick Brothers movies. Along, mm-hmm. you know, similar movie to Fireproof, mm-hmm. Courageous, Warmer. and it was similar to Fireproof. Oh yeah, this this movie had the exact same beats as Fireproof, like. Which is why I could predict what happened. So usually yeah. I was just like, this is fireproof. This is exactly how it'll go down. Yeah, because like like Fireproof, the movie presented a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. There it, it was there were well, how many problems did we have that uh, needed to be yeah, resolved? So five or six different issues within the first fifteen minutes are presented to the viewer. Oftentimes not presented in the sense of like we see that there's a problem, but rather that one of the characters tells us that this is a problem, which that's a, another issue of its own. So in this movie, the lead couple who are high school football, a high school football coach and his wife are struggling to have a baby, which they have been wanting to do for a couple of years. They have a car that is broken down and doesn't work. The high school where he works, which is at a Christian school is in need of revival. Their football team is terrible and hasn't, well, they they win they win some games, but they haven't had a winning season in like five or six years. I think the implication is that this coach was hired to turn the team around. Yeah. How how long has he been there? He's been there six years. I think. Six years. Yeah. Okay. And then one of the characters' dads uh, can't walk. He's in a wheelchair. Uh, one of the football players. And the coach just generally has financial problems. These are all things yep. that, within the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie, are all, these are the issues of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you might be surprised to find out, every single one of them is fixed by the end of the movie. Yes, spoiler alert. Sorry for those of you that haven't seen it. Uh, we hate to spoil it for you. 
But the the movie follows uh, Coach Taylor. Yes. Right? Coach Eric Taylor of Eric the Taylor. Dillon High School Panthers <laughs> from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> and his name's Grant Taylor in this movie. I think it's Eric Taylor's brother. Yeah, and the the first scene is him in his office with his two assistant coaches. Oh yeah, that's right. And Almost all of the, a lot of these problems are established in the dialogue about how the school needs a revival, the team is in jeopardy. Yeah, because one of their star players has moved away or something like that to a different school. Yeah. And which that's never brought up again. No, not really. But what's funny about it is like this team is not a winning team. They don't have the, they don't, like it year, just years of losing seasons. And mm. I guess their star player they're wasn't so, that good. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I mean, they're they're so upset that the star player decides to leave. I think it, it did. They say he leaves for his senior year to go somewhere else. I believe because he's tired of losing and wants to win. And winning would up his chances of getting some kind of a football scholarship to a college. But they're really upset about it. Mm-hmm. But the thought—I don't know. It's like, of, of course he's leaving. Like, why would you stay at this? School? Yeah, he has absolutely no motivation <laughs> to stay at the school. Yes. So <clears throat> we're as with basically every football movie you've ever seen. The coach has problems with you know the the boosters want to get him out mm-hmm. because they want a winning season. Which it's not even the boosters though. It's just a group of dads. Well, I'm, that, that's basically what the boosters are, isn't it? Yeah, but they never established it as the boosters. It's just these like snake-like dads that sneak around behind yeah. his back. It was. The, I think it was the implication. Okay, it was the boosters club. Okay. Um, anyway, they they're trying to you know get the dad or the coach ousted because no winning seasons. Which, to be fair to the boosters, it's not been six nec- years. Yeah, it's been six years. Maybe maybe they're not so wrong after all. Yeah. But so what we find out is that Grant Taylor just has a tough life. Tough. Yeah, he does. There were times when I did maybe feel a little bad for him. <laughs> just that scene where he figures out that he's the one that uh, oh, he's, that he's the... the reason why he and his wife can't have a child. Yeah. If you want to add like insult to injury after all these problems <laughs> that he's had in the first 10 minutes of the movie. This is definitely one of those, uh, what do they call it, like a kick the dog scenario where yeah, they just absolutely. keep beating the guy over yeah. and over with things. So the movie established him as going through one of the worst seasons of his life. Yes. No pun intended. It's just, it's not a good life season. <laughs> Everything is going wrong for him. Yeah. There's even a scene uh, when he's driving home and he's almost to his driveway, but he can't make it. <laughs> When he's driving the home and he ends up down. having to just turn the car into the middle of their yard. He like puts his foot out on the ground as kind of like pushing the car with his foot, which I don't think you would do that. But Yeah. No. Yeah, he's like try like it's a razor scooter or something, <laughs> yeah. trying to give it a little more momentum. <laughs> but one of the so with it at the very beginning of the movie, I wrote down on my notes here, which I actually took notes for this movie. I typically don't. Um, which was a surprise because not too long into it, you seem to be a little upset about the direction that the movie was going. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't give up. So props to Ben for his perseverance yeah. on this movie. <laughs> I wrote down bad things. Dialogue, writing. Um, the banter between <laughs> yeah. Coach Taylor and his wife is... They didn't know how to flirt with each other. No, their flirting is so they bad. must. I'm I'm assuming that those two people in real life are not married. I don't think so. I didn't look into that, but yeah, let me. 
uh, I'm gonna look that up while we're talking about it because yeah, the the dialogue. Between and if they are, maybe they shouldn't because they have no chemistry whatsoever. <laughs> the flirting was so cringeworthy because they they talked about themselves in like the third person all the time. Yeah, and acted like they didn't know each other. Yeah, it was, uh, which it was just weird. I feel like it's just a trope set up by movies in general. The Couples talking to each other in third person like that? Oh. I don't know. It could be. Yeah. It could be. I don't think that they're a husband and wife in real life now. They don't have the same last name anyway, which I feel like for the Kendricks would be a thing that they would. So, yeah. They, uh... The the writing and dialogue between any of the the main characters really was just... it, It was tough because one of the things that would happen throughout the movie... One example of this in particular I can think of is there's one character named David who um, joins the football team um, near the beginning of the movie. And he has a conversation with – well, we're introduced to him. He's playing soccer, and he has a conversation with his dad who is uh, confined to a wheelchair about how he likes soccer more than football. But his dad's like, hey, there's no soccer team. Go sign up for the football team. So then we follow them to the football practice where uh, David and his dad meet Coach Taylor. And David has a conversation with Coach Taylor about how he likes soccer more than football. But hey, there's no soccer team. Why don't I join the football team? So Coach Taylor's like, hey, yeah, we'll give you, we'll let you try out. So he gets one of the other players. He's like, hey, why don't you uh, have him kick a few, few field goals and see what happens? And so we're shown David and this other player walking over to do some kicks. And David has a conversation with this other player where he says, yeah, I like soccer more than football, but there's no soccer team. So I decided to try out for football. We had the same conversation three times. It's like, yeah, we got that point. And it's not that important of a point. He likes yeah. soccer more than football. But And this happens multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah, the, the, Where they the, have the same conversation with different characters about the same thing. I, I don't know why. Because yeah. the viewer knows what's going on. You don't need to tell. You don't need to show it over and over and over again. Yeah, the characters might not know, but that's not important to us. Feeding a fed horse. Yeah, they're, they're feeding the fed horse. <laughs> so that was one issue I had, and that happens throughout the movie. I, I wrote down, again, near the beginning of the movie, multiple conversations about the same thing. Coach Taylor and his wife have, I think, four conversations within the first ten minutes about their car. That's right, they do. Yeah. They keep... Oh, they, I, I just, I, I know, I, it doesn't, I, like, I got it, the, you didn't even have a conversation about yeah, it, I understood by in. looking at his car that's 15 years old and doesn't run correctly that they are having car problems. Yeah. But, oh, they keep having conversations about it. Yeah. And, again, they were feeding the fed horse, because ultimately it culminates in the, his car battery dying while they're at a football game which they lost pretty yeah brutally it was and he tries to get help remember he like <laughs> yeah he, he his car is obviously not starting and he looks out to see if anyone's helping and some person who watched the game was like i hope your car is not an indication of how the rest of the season's going to go and then he walks away <laughs> which we we've seen this in movies before they always make like the opposition to the protagonist almost evil Mm. like this guy like he could have helped this guy out with his car but instead he totally ignores that fact and just says a really rude mean thing yeah (laughs) oh my gosh there's no they they have no there's never ability to like create there's i guess there's like no tension there's just 
good and bad and they say things to each other and there's there's no way that I'm going to be left sitting there at the movie like, oh man, like I wonder if maybe these people don't like it. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I already know. These yeah. people are upset. And they're really good examples. Uh, we've, I mean, we brought up Remember the Titans and uh, Friday Night Lights already. Friday Night Lights, for those who don't know, is a TV show and movie about a high school football team dealing with a lot of similar issues as this movie, except it's not explicitly a Christian TV show or movie. And it handles everything a million times better. Like, you have characters like the leader of the Boosters Club, uh, whose name is Buddy Garrity in Friday Night Lights, and he's, like, actually friends with Coach Taylor, Mm -hmm. but when the team's losing... He wants, you know, to see things change. And so yeah. he has, he makes decisions to try and like bring other players in and even at some points opposes the coach. But the two characters have like a complex relationship yeah. because they're real people. There's no possibility in, in these Christian movies for like complex relationships. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're either for me or you're my <laughs> enemy. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a line from a Christian movie? No, that's oh, uh, Star that's, Wars, the prequels. Or the Buttercream Gang, really, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, true. Yeah. But, yeah, and uh, Remember the Titans, less so in that movie, but the relationship between the two coaches is complex. Like, they they sort of have been a growing friendship, but they also dislike each other Yeah, until sort of the end of the movie. But this movie has none of that. None. It's, it's just, you got your good guys, you've got your bad guys, and you have... The one character, Matt, who is your token, I'm going to be converted in this movie character. Yeah. And the only the only issue they show this kid having is like opposition to his, his dad. Yeah, he didn't which have... Which every teenager <laughs> on the face of the planet, religion. no matter what your religious affiliation, has that <laughs> attitude towards your parents at, to some degree. Yeah, at some point you have that rebellious teenager and i will say matt's dad looks just like mr incredible he certainly is <laughs> it was switch, bizarre the switchback blonde <laughs> hair and the same facial structure like the huge jaw mm-hmm. and the the oddly shaped nose because i saw it and i was like he looks like another actor i've seen in a movie before <laughs> and i was like incredible. no he's not an actor he's, he's a, a cartoon, cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so I guess, how do we want to do this? So, the all these problems are presented in the, in, at the beginning of the movie. And they all sort of culminate with that, is he the Bible teacher at the school? That, remember that guy visits him in his office? I don't know if he's, I, I don't is he the guy that prays over the lockers? Yeah, I Maybe he's a pastor or something. I, yeah, I'm not, it's not clear who he is, I don't think. He just works at the school, I think. He works there. Right. Or he's just this old man but, who hangs out yeah, at the school. Right, yeah. <laughs> Hi, kids. And he like... Hello, fellow kids. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't establish who this guy is, but he comes into the coach's office and informs the coach that, I know you're feeling down and out, but the Lord's not done with you yet. Yeah, because so, in Revelation it says that there's an open door that no man can shut. And so as long as the door is open, you know, do what you've been called to do i guess and the and we should say before this uh coach taylor has been like praying like you know i need some help here and so he's he's you know down and out and honestly there was a i think this scene comes before there's a scene early on in the movie where coach taylor has this moment where like his wife wakes up and it's three in the morning she looks over he's not in bed and then she looks like 
out the bedroom, the door's open, and you see him just kind of like stressed out. Mm-hmm. He's praying over the Bible. It it was actually I thought it like that was the only time in the movie that I actually felt something yeah. while watching the movie. I was like, okay, it's showing a man who's like going through hell, literally. Yeah. yeah. And then they had a conversation about it the next morning. Yeah. Which it was enough to just show me what, yep. what the man was going through. You don't have to have a conversation. Could about have it. been subtext. Yeah, it could have been subtext. And that was the one scene. Well, there's two scenes in the movie that I thought yeah. were good scenes. But that was the the first one. So anyway, yeah. He, so he shows up at the school and has this conversation with Coach Taylor about, like, you need you need to do what you're supposed to do while you're here, while you're able to. Mm-hmm. And God will bless you if you do. Yeah. So Coach Taylor resolves to change his whole mindset towards the team. And he starts, uh, there's like a, there's a Bible reading montage. There's a, a montage of him going through the Bible, <laughs> like right. underlining verses and writing stuff down about like what's the... Fireproof per- had that too. <laughs> oh yeah, it did. Yeah. And so I guess this is the training montage. <laughs> yeah, like from Rocky. <laughs> yeah. And so he is reading and trying to figure out what his, I guess, religious philosophy is behind uh, the team's purpose. Yeah. So it's not just about winning anymore. It's- yeah. And so the next practice, he hits the team with this idea that, well, how does he set it up? He he's, he asks them who won the championship five years ago, yeah. four no. years ago, six years ago, and nobody can answer. They can't really give a definite answer on who won which championship. Mm-hmm. And he uses that as a point to say, nobody really remembers who wins, who gets the trophy. And so he's like, this this isn't about winning. This is about glorifying God ultimately. Which you Whether know, we win or lose, yeah. Yeah. Fine. Great attitude to have. Yeah. Um, and so he approaches the team now as just giving it your absolute best because that's just what we're supposed to do, regardless of what the outcome is on the scoreboard. And that brings us to the death crawl scene, uh, right? Yes. The practice after, or the practice after his speech about what mm. the team is going to look like from now on. There's a certain drill that they do called the death crawl. I'm guessing this is. A standard-ish procedure with football teams. I don't know. I've never I don't know. I never played sports, football. Yeah. But you have um, like a linebacker, a lineman, or a bigger guy carry one of the smaller players on their back as the bigger guy crawls. Yeah. Uh, like certain on hands and feet, like no yeah, like no knees. No knees. You your knees have to be off the ground, and so they. Uh, Coach Taylor says we're going to do the death crawl, and everybody is complaining about it. Oh, no. The reason they're going to do the death crawl is because one of the kids on the team, while the coach is talking about how your attitude reflects the state of your heart, is like given he's kind of trash talking what the coach is saying. And so he's like, is it Brock that's doing it? Yes. Okay. Because it says that Brock is the – I think he's the middle linebacker on the team, and he's also – the team, the he's he's like, like the the captain, the best player, yeah. the best defensive player on the team, and so the coach tells him you're going to do the death crawl yeah. for 50 yards, which usually they do. I guess 30 yards is their standard distance. I think they were it. doing 10 yarders because like the whole team did it at first for like 10 yards or something, mm-hmm. and then Brock's like the attitude, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. And then he's got a stanky attitude. Yeah. Uh, actually, one of the one of the uh, like. I don't know what you would call them, sub-coaches? Like, not the head assistant coach. coach. Uh, assistant coach, thank <laughs> the you. The sub-coach. He goes up to Brock while Brock is giving back talk and sniffs his underarm and is just like, P-U. Like, basically saying that his attitude stinks. Oh, yeah, your attitude <laughs> smells like your heart or like, something, something like that. Yeah, something that he says. And 
Um, so he tells Brock, you're going to do the death call for 50 yards, and you're going to be blindfolded. And so they get uh, a kid named Jeremy to get on his back, and Brock starts crawling. And the whole time he's crawling, Coach Taylor is sort of right beside him, screaming at him to keep going, to keep going. Mm -hmm. And as the crawl progresses, Brock keeps yelling, it burns, it burns. Mm -hmm. And Coach Taylor says, well, don't give up. You know, it's a, I guess, it, classic. It, yeah, yeah, it, pl it wasn't pretty, a bad scene. No. I've, I felt like, I think I said this during the movie, I felt like they made the entire movie just to make that scene. Like, they had the idea for this inspiring scene. And yeah. they're like, we should make a movie so we can make this yeah. scene. Because it was the it was a good scene, like it was a good like sports movie scene. Yeah, basically showing you have more than you think you have in you if you're willing to not give up and you know just keep going. Yeah, and he keeps crawling and crawling and screaming. A lot of screaming ensues, and then finally Brock collapses, and the camera zooms out, and we find that Brock has not crawled fifty yards, but all one hundred yards of the football field, and he's laying there prostrate on the ground, and the coach. Tells him, you just carried a 140-pound man 100 yards on your back. And then this kid, Jeremy, he's like, yeah. who has... Which, side note, I'm sorry, but the haircuts in this movie are horrendous. Also, but fair, like, realistic. Uh, yeah, I suppose so, but they're all people. like... They're not quite bowl cuts, but everyone has shaggy hair that's been cut around the ears yeah, and like, on the bangs. Like the sideburns must be are the, shaved. Yeah, it must be whatever Christian school all these actors go to. That's like the dress code for the oh, school. Yeah. And so the hair's perfectly cut around the ears, on the neck, and then over the eyes so that the hair... We had a similar rule at my high school. Oh, uh, like you school couldn't, when I was couldn't, the hair couldn't, couldn't go over the ears, ears over yeah. your collar, or into your eyes. And Jeremy keeps trying to interrupt the coach, and finally the coach is like, what, Jeremy? And Jeremy's like, coach, I weigh 160 pounds. <laughs> and so Brock did not death crawl with a 140-pound man on his back. It was, it was a 160-pound man on his back. Yeah. Um, and so this revitalizes the team. Yeah. Because Brock has shown leadership, which the coach has been desperate for him to do. Yeah, because when the... While the... Like, when Brock's laying on the field, the coach is like, look, you've got a... Uh, you've got the ability to lead this team if you want it. And Brock's like, yeah, I want it. Which, again, that's like that's a good scene for a sports movie like this. This yeah. is the, the turning point. Yeah. But because this is a Christian movie, unless you want to say more about that scene, because this is a Christian movie, that's not the turning point of the movie. The turning point comes slightly after that, when Coach Taylor is working in his office. I think it's almost like directly the next scene. Coach Taylor's working in his office, and one of the other people in the school—is it one of the other coaches? Comes in and he's like, "Are you not aware of what's happening out on the field right now?" Oh, this line. <laughs> Coach is just like. First of all, there's no. I'm not sure why he should have been aware. The only setup for this scene is at the beginning of the movie when they. They note the fact that the school could use a revival. And so Coach Taylor's just working in his office at this point in the movie. And mm -hmm. this guy comes in and says, Coach, are you not aware of what is going on in the field right now? So, also, okay, side note again. Like, this movie was made in Georgia. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, some Georgians have southern accents. But it felt like, to me, all of these accents were fake. Maybe I'm just... Maybe, uh, yeah. It's prejudiced know. against southern people. <laughs> I, I which, that's know. fair, I am. Or, uh, but they might be just... 
more like when actors put on southern accents in other movies, it might just be more like refined. Yeah. Or like I, I don't know. I don't know. But this enough. could be their actual accents is the thing. I don't want to. Right. Yeah. But so it, I, it didn't sound like it. Yeah. It sounded like everybody was putting on this. Well, golly, I'm from the South. <laughs> yeah. Uh, voice, which if you are from the South and I just offended you, um, I'm okay with that. Anyway. <laughs> so then the coach goes out to the field and the, the guy who relayed this message to him informs him that about an hour ago. Three uh, hours ago. It's been going on for okay. three hours. Mm-hmm. So the coach has been in his office for three hours without any bathroom breaks. That's impressive. Wow. Because I'm assuming since he's a coach, he's all about hydration and things like that. You would think. Yeah. But he... Um, it's not addressed. But he follows this guy on the, the guy, the messenger informs him that for three hours, the Bible teacher had taken his class outside and then like, one thing led to another. One of the students started giving a testimony or mm-hmm. something and, and then, then they, they started breaking out into like prayer There's kind of like a prayer epidemic in this class and they all kind of broke out into groups, started praying and sharing things and apologizing for things. And confessing I, I want to give a side note here. I went to a Christian school and did this ever happen? They tried to make it happen. Like <laughs> they this made is you, this they is manufactured what, this is what, a revival. No, seriously, no, seriously <laughs> they were that's what they were trying to do. I'm not I'm not kidding. I'm being 100% serious here. They would try to manufacture revivals with what we called circle time. We had chapel every Wednesday. And sometimes on Wednesdays we we would get together as a class in a circle and we would talk about our feelings. It really was like a, a chance to try to manufacture some kind of social and re- like religious revival within the school. But it always ended up being people talking about mean things that people did to them when we were in like first or second grade. I'm not <laughs> exaggerating. That's what would end up happening. Oh, and so funny. I think this scene is sort of, is like what they want to happen when certain yeah, time Yeah, it's like happens. a lot of these movies do. They like there's these ideal things that. Yeah. Uh, people want to happen, and so the movie portrays this ideal thing that happens. Because I promise you, like the school I went to was definitely trying to manufacture something like this. I must have been like ninth grade, I think, when it was How at its that? peak. What? How old is ninth grade? Like fourteen, fifteen. Okay. And so he sees this happening, and <laughs> the coach is very touched. And yeah. then Matt, the character who's been like rebellious towards his dad and has had a bad attitude, who's just been a regular teenager up until this point. Yeah, and uh, so uh, Coach Taylor before this had had a conversation with Matt, where Matt's just like, you know, not everybody believes in all this Jesus stuff. So that it's established that he's not a believer yet. But but then it's established that Matt. We're, we're told that Matt became a Christian. He, yeah, it's all, it, the movie kind of missed out on a good conversion scene. Maybe it did. And so they just tell us that Matt has uh, he accepted, accepted Jesus. Jesus or rededicated his life to Jesus. And so Coach takes him immediately to his dad's office and Matt apologizes to Mr. Incredible about just for his attitude. and As as is true to real life, now Matt and his father have a great relationship yes. because Matt became a Christian. Yeah, the, apo- yeah, the apology and the conversion totally 100% change their entire dynamic. Yeah, which fixed everything. Yeah, it is so as, frustrating. <laughs> as that happens in real life. But, like, that dynamic between kids and parents is not, like, unhealthy. There is supposed to be a healthy dose of rebellion in kids, and it's never going to be 100%. It's never going to be 100%. Yeah, I mean... Fixed. It, Obviously, it, it can be handled better or worse, but there's always going to be that thing where, like, a younger, especially with guys, I think, yeah. where you start to kind of spread your wings a little bit and you brush up against your parents who are, you know, they're used to you being a kid 
and you're now sort of becoming an adult, and so you're starting to live your own life a little bit, and so there's that conflict there, and that's I think that's normal and that's yeah. healthy. But so, if you become a Christian, when that is happening, it fixes everything. As we're going to find out in this movie, in fact, mm-hmm. having revitalized your faith fixes everything. Mm-hmm. And So Matt tells his dad that all this, this apology and this sort of uh, commitment to redefining their relationship. And Matt's dad is in a meeting with a client. And I'm not exactly sure what he does, but he... I mean, he looks like a stockbroker. Yeah. He looks like Michael Douglas in uh... in Wall Street. Yeah, he does. <laughs> He's like the slick back hair and all that. Oh man, um, he looks like a lot of people. He does. Yeah, he does. Because he looks like, like a guy from Mad Men too. of the rich guy <laughs> yeah. in all these movies. And the the client meeting with Matt's dad. The end of the scene is him saying, "Just so you know, I would give my right arm for my son to say that to me." Yeah. And then I wasn't paying attention to this part. Did he like go off to hang out with his son after that, or did he go back to work? No, his son had to go back to. School. He went back to work. His son had to okay. go back to school. Okay. And so after yeah, so now so the revival scene is the real turning point of the movie. Yeah. Uh, after this, things go well yeah key players on the football team now have the right attitude yep. to win yeah and so it starts the season they start to show the season in earnest this uh once losing team starts to win games they start the season zero and three but i think they win every game after the, so they never say that but no because they do lose one game but actually we'll talk about that later because that, yeah. that doesn't happen until later yeah so they win games i guess that would make the record what seven and three or nine and three i'm not i, I, I can't i'm not sure how many games high school football teams play but they they have a winning record now and they manage to make it into the playoffs mm-hmm. uh well, I want to talk about Matt's conversion a little bit here, too. Okay. A little more. Because it, from a writing perspective, it's totally unearned. And this happens more throughout the movie, where we get these unearned moments. Matt's conversion, like, from a narrative perspective, is unearned. There's no, like, we have a conversation between the coach and Matt where, he, where it establishes that Matt isn't a believer. The very next time we see Matt... We're, we've already been told that he's become a believer. There's no, there's no arc to this character. There's no, like, he, here's his, you know, the crucible moment where he has a change of mind. You know, uh, if you think of good conversion story arcs, mm-hmm. my my go to is Sergeant York. Yeah, Gary Cooper, Sergeant yep. York. He's off to kill this guy for lying to him about land. There's a storm. He his horse gets struck by lightning. And he recognizes this as like a message from God, goes into the church, and there's this conversion scene that happens in the church. It's an earned conversion. Like we, it, there's an arc to this story of his conversion where something happens to him. We were never given anything like that with Matt. It's just one time he was an unbeliever. The very next time we see him, we've been told that he has become a believer. Mm-hmm. And so every... Everything about Matt's story is just completely unearned. Yeah, it's just—it's like uh, they jump right into it. I, I'm so—it's so disappointing because it's unearned, and they really do not give any adequate. They don't give him a journey at all. It's just they give this very base. We have this very baseline understanding of Matt. He—we—they don't establish him as like a bad kid or like a. He's not even really a character in the movie. Yeah, like, he, these are the only scenes that he's really. Uh, plays a part in except for 
the car, which happens shortly after this. Yeah, so once he becomes a Christian, he enlists his dad to help him help him solve Coach Taylor's car troubles. Yeah. So at this point in the movie, and I think we're about halfway through the movie at this point, we have resolved the car issue. Coach Taylor now has a, a new truck that I guess the team, along with Matt's dad, helped pay for? Or is it just Matt and his dad helped pay for? I wasn't clear on that. I think it's just Matt and his dad, because his dad is established as a wealthy man with his slicked back hair and fancy ties. We have a truck, we've had revival, and the team is now doing well, all Mm -hmm. because of uh, the coach is taking his faith more seriously. Yeah. Things have turned around. Yeah. And so next, we just... There's more scenes of them doing well at football. Yeah. And uh, I I wish there had been more football in the movie, honestly, because yeah. those were good scenes. Like the, That was the most interesting part of the movie was just them playing the football, football action. Yeah. But yeah, we, so we get into the playoffs, and there's this... It's the very first playoff game. The team is struggling, and they end up losing the game. Yeah. And everybody's kind of dejected about it. They're, you know, understandably upset. They thought they were, you know, they thought things had turned around, and they lost the first game of the playoffs, which I didn't believe this. Like, when it happened, I I didn't have hopes that they were, like, going to have a story about this team that tried and then failed. I was was like, something's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You're like, okay, well, they're going to still end up in the championship, aren't they? Yeah, something's going to happen. It's not going to be about a losing season for this team, which that might have been an interesting story to tell. Oh, wait, before the the playoffs, though, another problem is solved. The financial problems. Oh, right. Because uh, Coach Taylor, which they don't show the raise, do they? They don't show it at all. They just have the scene where Coach Taylor goes to where his wife works at a flower shop. And they some proceed to to flirt with each other in the third person. And Coach Taylor's like goes up to his wife. He's like, "Hello, I would like to buy my wife a lovely bouquet of wildflowers, please." Which okay, at that point, it wasn't that bad. Cause yeah. It was like okay, I got that. But and then they kept going. They had like a ten minute conversation. And then yeah, it's so long. <laughs> it's so long. And then finally, Coach Taylor is like, "Well, I got a raise today." Yeah. Six thousand dollars. Six thousand dollars. Which before the playoffs, like <laughs> yeah. the, the 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 sequencing of the race doesn't make sense because maybe after he has had like a true winning yeah. season, it would make sense. But like in the the midst of this winning, they're like, oh, we're winning now. Let's give this guy <laughs> yeah five hundred dollars more a month. Two weeks ago, the boosters were trying to get him out. Yeah, and now they've given him like a six thousand dollar raise yeah. at the school, which it really doesn't make any sense. But he got a raise, so we've solved the financial issues as well, which that was exciting. Mm-hmm. So we've solved what th- four? Yeah, four of the six issues now mm-hmm. have been solved. Uh, so Coach Taylor got a raise, and then the first playoff game happens. They lose the game, and the next day or so, they're in the the locker room, like the assistant coaches are like cleaning the uniform yeah cleaning the helmets getting ready to store everything away for the off season and then they're talking about i guess how disappointed they are Mm -hmm. and you know just being generally dejected and then the phone rings and coach taylor goes off camera and says hello what do you mean i have to am i sitting down (laughs) (laughs) 
So then it was clear something was up. Yeah, and so as a viewer, I was like, "Oh, something big's gonna happen." Yeah. And then the next scene is the team is gathered on the the field. People are like asking the assistant coaches, "Why are we gathered on the field right now?" And uh, it was Matt. Yeah, actually. Matt comes up and says, in a very very respectful, he's like, "Sir, I don't mean to be rude, but why are we gathered on the field right now?" He's like, "Just wait for Coach Taylor." He's like, "Yes, sir." They're trying to establish Matt as just this totally changed yeah, person. Yeah, I I I'm assuming that's why that's because scene all they was needed there. to do with the scene was have the, the, the team waiting, then Coach Taylor come out and then tell them the news. Yeah. But what happened was this team that they played in the first round of the playoffs was playing with two ineligible 19 year olds on their team, and so. They got disqualified. Yeah, they're disqualified from the competition. The team is able to move forward into the next round of the playoffs. Yeah. Actually, we should talk about the, this problem in this movie because it's happened a couple of times where you'll have this scene. As you're watching the movie, you're just kind of like, why was that scene in the movie? Because it doesn't do anything for like the plot of the movie. Like, seriously, nothing. It doesn't move... Like, it doesn't tell us anything about the characters that much, really. And the pinnacle of this is the rat scene. <laughs> the rat scene. They complain at the beginning, Coach Taylor and his wife, of a really bad smell in their house that they just can't seem to get rid of. Well, I guess that's why the scene's there. It tells us what the bad smell was. But it didn't really... Oh, so another problem solved, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess. Make that number yeah. seven. Rats. Rats in the walls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, Coach Taylor finds this rat under the floorboards, and yep. he pulls the classic, honey, come look at this, and then he scares, scares her, her with the rat. Yeah. And that's the end of the scene. And that's really it. There was no no reason for that to be there, unless the rat is like a metaphor for Coach Taylor's bad attitude, and he, so there's this awful stench in the house, yeah. but then he finds the rat, and he's like uncovered the bad attitude, and now it's gone, and so the stench is gone, and it's changed the team. Maybe that's what they were going Maybe. for with that, but it really, <laughs> it didn't need to be there. It was given the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it was a pointless side plot that had yeah. nothing to do with the rest of the movie, which this scene also with Matt had nothing to do with the movie, except to, I guess... Our, our only guess was it established that Matt is now a changed man. Yeah. That's really all it did. Also with this movie, very similar to Fireproof, is like in the rat scene and in the scene in the locker room after they've lost the playoffs, these characters like to play silly pranks on each other. So the rat scene with him scaring his wife with the rat, which I, I, could, I could see that happening in real life, I guess. Um... That one in the in the locker room scene, the two assistant coaches for a, an extended period m continue to misunderstand what the coach is saying. Like oh, he's yeah. talking about a name of a person, and they're like, uh, so like at one point he's like something Limburg or something like that, and they're like, oh Limburger, isn't that the cheese? And then another guy's like, oh no Limburger, that's the blimp. And then another one's like, no, that's the Hindenburg. And then like, no Hindenburg's like, the guy that flew across the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, and it goes on for an extended. It is. It's really long. <laughs> but you find out after the coach goes in to take the phone call. I don't know if you saw this. But the two assistant coaches, like, fist bump each other. Like, that was a prank that they got one over on the head coach because they did this extended scene. Like, that. I, I didn't notice that. Yeah. They so, fist bump? Yeah. So it was, like, an intentional thing for them to do the whole misunderstood names thing. Like, they were playing a prank on him. The pranks in this movie. <laughs> it's just a couple of them. It, they were worthy of Caleb in Fireproof yeah, doing the, the hot sauce Yeah, yeah they, were, they were very, uh, you yeah. know... 
So, uh, so they were hot sauce prank. <laughs> That's a new term, folks. A hot sauce prank. So yeah, uh, they're in the playoffs now. They win a few more games. I don't think that any... Oh, I guess we find out that Coach Taylor's wife, I think his name, his, his name is Grant. Her mm-hmm. name is... I don't remember, dude. I She wasn't an overly memorable character. Yeah. But well, she goes to the fertility clinic. Right, that's what I was going to And she up. goes to a doctor's appointment to find out, because they found out that Coach Taylor's the reason why they're not able to have kids, but she keeps going to the fertility clinic. Brooke. Brooke. So Brooke goes to the clinic, and she uh, is again gets... Uh, tested about uh, to see if she's pregnant and she's all it is is just like uh the nurse has her file and another nurse says to her oh is that brooke again and the nurse is like yeah i hope she's pregnant this time me too and then i think third day starts playing in the background yeah and so which we should have known at that point that something was going to happen when third day started playing yeah right (laughs) and so the nurse goes in and it's just there's no dialogue, just the, the song, and then we see the conversation taking place, mm-hmm. and Brooke starts to cry because the nurse has informed her that Indeed, she, she is, is not. not pregnant. Yeah. But then when she goes out to her car, they cut back to the clinic, and we see the nurse looking at two different clipboards, <laughs> trying to decipher and make out what's going on with both clipboards. So it turns out the clinic did the old switcheroo. <laughs> yeah, the classic switcheroo. Yeah. I guess they don't put names on the, the files. <laughs> I'm not sure. And so... You th- you'd think it would be clear looking oh, at the right. Oh wait, this isn't Brooke Taylor. Uh, yeah. This is you know Jane Foster. Right, but uh, no. Um, <laughs> the nurse realizes, oh, this is Jane Foster's test, and then she grabs Brooke's actual test, runs out to her car, and we see another like musically driven. Uh, Thankfully, unspoken third day conversation. is playing, so yeah. I know how to feel about the scene that's yeah. happening in front yeah. of me. Um, again, feeding a fed horse. <laughs> and so she goes out to Brooke and they just have a conversation. Brooke starts crying, but then she starts celebrating. And so we realize that Brooke is, is pregnant. Yes. Yeah. And so that I problem is solved. Yeah. During this scene, I had hopes. I, I was like, oh, are they going to do it? Are they going to have something that doesn't go right for this family like they want to have this kid and everything else is going right around them but maybe this is the thing that they recognize you know god's good whether we don't get what we want yeah or not maybe we're not going to be able to be pregnant maybe this is the this is the issue and while while i was having that you know processing through my thoughts it cuts back into the hospital and i was like oh nope they're not going to do that they're just going to switch the the records and that's what happened so they they almost got me here. I was like, yeah. "Come on, just give me this one thing. Yeah. Tell a good story one time, please." But no. And so, but no. Jesus solves every problem in this movie. Yeah. And I, I, and I want to say that like I don't think that you know uh, religion is just this fake thing that only you know like gets you through bad times. Yeah, like, but they, they're presenting a quantifiable faith. Yeah. Yep. Where more faith equals more for you. Like, it's a prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. And the, I will say, I think this, like, the sports movie is the perfect engine for that idea. For the prosperity, like, yeah. Jesus solves all mm-hmm. your problems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then we, it's finally time for the championship game at this point, right? Yeah. And so the Giants are, or the Giants come out onto the field and they're just portrayed as barbarians. <laughs> I'm assuming they're atheists. They must uh, be. They must be. Because they're just total <laughs> barbarians. 
And they, like, throughout the game, they pull cheap shots. The coach is just awful. He's this big dude that's always screaming. But what's his signature? He always has a lollipop in his mouth. He always has a lollipop in his mouth. Could have been, what did you say? Could uh, could have been a cigar. That would have been cool. But no, he has a lollipop in his mouth. And he's always just... He's, like, brandishing it at people, too. He brandishes it in people's face. And he's just always screaming... As uh, if to point out that this coach doesn't really care about his players. He yeah. just cares about winning. Yeah. Uh, and so, and like throughout the game, they pull cheap shots. They show like uh, giant or giant players that are going to blitz, like pointing and leering at the, 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 yeah. Wait, that what, makes what, you is, what is the, I don't know, Eagles, the Eagles? Yeah, they're yeah. leering at the, the Eagles and pointing at them. At one point, they knock over the kicker. After yeah, he's they attempted him. a field goal and they injure him. So now David is the one who has to come in and uh, be the sole kicker for the team. David is facing the Giants. Yes. David. David. Giant. Hmm. Sound familiar? <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so when the, <laughs> when the Giants come out onto the field... I was like, this is like the scene from Lord of the Rings where the, because they were all like snarling. <laughs> I was like, this is like the, the scene from Lord of the Rings with the orcs. It's like, yeah. like it looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> oh my gosh. But the, the, the coach treats them like that head orc does when they're attacking Minas Tirith and yeah. Return of the King because he's like, form ranks, you maggots <laughs> to the front. <laughs> and so it, it's just this weird, again, with the, there are bad people, and there are good people. And this is exactly how you need to feel about yep. the bad people. Yep. And so then... And the, this, uh, the Giants coach is obviously a bad guy. Oh, very... I mean, I mean, the screaming, the general attitude, but I mean, what is the sole uh, indicator that he is indeed a bad guy is definitely the lollipop. Yeah, the, 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 lollipop, yeah. the lollipop clinches it. Yeah. It's clear he's not a good dude. Yeah. Also, interesting note... The guy who plays him is the assistant pastor of the church that like made the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so he I was probably know. like, "Yes, I get to play the bad yeah, guy." Yeah, lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure he had fun with it anyway. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, and so the game progresses. the 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 Eagles have some good defensive plays, and they end up being within two points. The score is twenty three to twenty one. Yeah. But there's this dumb scene. Where the other coach, instead of just going for the extra point to make it 24 to 21, so, he's no, like... this is before halftime even, I think, isn't it? Or is it after halftime? I don't know. There's a pretty significant amount of time left in the game, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there's plenty he, of time. He makes the decision, no, we're not going to go for uh, one point so that they could tie it up. They, yeah. He makes the decision to go for a two-point conversion. Yeah. Which, it, it's not, I don't think it's a good, it's not, no, not it, a good it wasn't, choice. It wasn't, I, I respect the, maybe like taking the chance, but it wasn't necessary yeah, because his defense had been playing a pretty good game. And because I think the Giants or the Eagles, I mean, a third or of their points, like at least one of their touchdowns was defensive. Yeah. So like his, the Giants defense has been doing fine against the Eagles offense. Yeah. But he makes the decision, no, we're going for two. And then the Giants, or the Eagles, stop yeah. uh, the two-point conversion. So, just for the sole 
Just so that at the end of the game, the Eagles are down by two so they can win with a field goal. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason why he would have made that decision. I think they. I think even in the movie, the coach had the script for the movie. <laughs> is is so that the script? Yeah. He's got, that's not a playbook he's holding. Yeah, it's, that's it's the, script the script of the script, movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, it, strategically, it made no sense. Because if they had gone for one and got it with a field goal, the other team couldn't have won. Right, it would have been a tie. They would have no. It wouldn't have been a tie. They would have won still, wouldn't it? No, it was. It was. It would have been twenty four to twenty one, because it was twenty three. Okay, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. Yeah. So they they fail that, and then there's like, well, I guess there's only a few seconds left. No, because that there's that's before it's twenty three twenty one. That's earlier because they kicked two fields. Is the touchdown before? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it, it didn't make sense at the time. If it had been at the last minute of the game, the two point conversion would have made sense. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, and so finally, the Giants get uh, field position at the end of the game, where it would require them to kick a fifty one yard field goal. The Eagles. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. I keep the Eagles have that opportunity. The assistant coaches want Coach Taylor to go for a hail mary. Yeah. Uh. But, oh, it should also be noted at one point that the Giants did have a chance to go for a field goal to win the game, and the Giants coach is just like, no, we're going for it. We're not doing a field goal. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh. So he made some key strategic mistakes as a football coach, and for a three-time champ- state champion, which I believe they were three-time state champs, it's clear. I, I don't know if this coach is new or is becoming senile, but these are not. I, I don't know anything about football, and I knew these are not the way that you win the game. And again, they're portraying his attitude as the attitude that the Eagles don't want their teenage players to have. Mm-hmm. So they're just presenting like this bad, like it's all about winning. angsty teenager, fifty-year-old yeah. coach <laughs> who just wants to win and is always yelling and and so this brings us back to the final thing that we are we established at the beginning of the movie that hasn't gone right yet so of course that needs to happen mm-hmm. which is David's dad who looks like he's significantly older than David's dad should yeah. be. He, I thought it was his grandfather mm-hmm. at first. He looks like Colin Mockery. He does look like Colin Mockery. Um, so we it's been established that he can't walk. He's in a wheelchair. And early on in the movie, he like tries to stand up but falls over almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And now he rolls his wheelchair to the end zone where David's about to kick a field goal. Because David's always had self-doubt issues. He's, you know, he's the, the David of the story. Yes. He has not been a field goal kicker for... This is his first season. It hasn't even been like three months. Yeah. And so... He goes out, but he's pleading with the coach, don't make me do this. I've never kicked anything longer than a 35-yard field goal. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 oh. And the wind is against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wind is against him, and then they go out onto the field, and right when he's about to kick... The wind literally changes direction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but before that, they try to attempt the kick, but then they um, want the Giants coach to call the timeout, yeah, remember? I don't know why the Giants coach did call a timeout, unless it was just to psych out the Yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah. football coaches do that, so it just kind of messes up the rhythm. But he does that, and that gives Dave the opportunity to go back out again. And once he goes out the second time, the wind shifts direction in the direction of the uprights. Yep. And so Coach Taylor's like, kick it now, kick it now, kick it now. And then they call Hike, and 
It's a kick. David kicks it and slips and falls yeah. onto his back. <laughs> and so David's dad is now standing up in the end zone with yeah, his with arms, his, with his arms yeah. up. Yeah. And then... Uh, so they make the kick and win the game. Yeah. They make the kick in case yeah, anybody they, who was watched this movie <laughs> was wondering at that point if they were or weren't going to make it. Yep. They make the field goal and they win the game. Everybody's very happy about it. And then... The coach gives a motivational speech in the locker room afterwards, and when he gets home, he finds out that his wife is pregnant. Yep. And casting crown starts to play. And then it's two years later. Is there's like a the final scene, the the post credits scene, is two years later. It's not post credits, mm-hmm. uh, but it's two years later. We they've had the baby, and the mom is pregnant again. And- Which I think kind of cheapens. The miracle that they're trying to portray in the movie. What, that she's pregnant again? Yeah. Well, they, they've had a revival now. That's true. So that... <laughs> everything's okay now. Yeah, that's true. Okay. And Fair they enough. won another football championship. They have two trophies. Oh, yeah, that's right. He has, And he, he has the trophies on his mantle. Yes. He didn't let the school with them. With... And... I mean, this was not surprising in between the two trophies is a little you know one of those like cutesy things that people buy for their homes that just says with god all things are possible yeah and then roll credits yep and then at the end of the credits there's a message that's that's right face your giants we should i I feel like they wanted people to text each other like face your giants kind of god's not dead oh yeah maybe yeah so maybe that's what you were supposed to do there they didn't tell us to and the newsboys weren't there so i wasn't clear on that yeah that's true but everything it's the the same the same old story. It's the same exact story as Fireproof. Yeah, and it's every possible except in this thing. movie we didn't have like if Kirk Cameron had been the lead of this movie he could have carried it. Mm-hmm. Unhinged Cameron as a football coach. Yeah, it would have been. Dude. Can you imagine Kirk Cameron in the death crawl scene? Oh man, that'd have been it, it unprecedented. Have been. <laughs> unhinged Cameron. Yeah, but. So Alex Kendrick, who also directed and I think he wrote the movie as and well. And produced it. I, I, yeah. yeah. He starred in it. He, I don't think he should be acting in these movies. He was also in... Uh, what was, he was the pastor in Fireproof, right? Mm-hmm. And he's in uh, a bunch of these other... Is he in Courageous as well? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think he's the main character. In oh, it. okay. But I always felt like he was afraid of the camera while he was... Like, I could tell this... I did, when you watch a movie that's got good actors in it, you don't think about them as the actors. You think about them as the characters. Mm-hmm. In this movie, I was just like, this is a guy playing a football coach. Yeah, right. Every single yeah. person on screen, too, is like, oh... Mm-hmm. This person's playing this character, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Oh, wait, there was one problem that didn't get resolved. Which? Several times Coach Taylor references his hair loss. Oh, yeah. And he, he, do, he, he, is he doesn't get his hair back. Hair, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I what guess there sh- is a little darkness at the end of the movie. What he needs, a, a, a spin-off, sequel, tie-in movie with Christian Mingle and the baldness cure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, we could join universes. Maybe they take place in the same universe. It's possible. Yeah. That, would tie, Coach, that would tie you, oh, together Coach, a little piece Coach of Coach Taylor and his wife talk about her favorite restaurant. It must be Steak and Cake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this would tie together a little piece of heaven, Christian Mingle, and uh, Facing the Giants. Yeah. Oh, that's it's the, the, the Christian movie cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And what a universe it is. Indeed. Everything goes right if you love Jesus. Everything. Everything. Yep. It's insanity. 
It's insanity. So the baby issue is resolved. The car issue is resolved. The revival issue is resolved. The team issue is resolved. The um, dad who can't walk is resolved. The financial issues that the coach has are resolved. And the rats in the walls are resolved. Yeah. Everything is all tied up with a neat little bow at Mm -hmm. the end because of um, the revival happening. Yeah. But they make the faith quantifiable because they're like, we're going to have more faith. And so then good blessings will come. And what's frustrating frustrating is multiple times throughout the movie, like when the when Brooke thinks that she's not pregnant and she's out in in the parking lot about to leave the the doctor's office, she's like, you know, I'll I'll love you, God, whether I get this thing I want or not. You're good still if I get it or not. Yeah, that's true. But why, why, why give it to her then? Because she's learned the lesson at that point. Yeah. Um, but like, again, it's just that idea: if you learn the lesson, you will also yeah, get, you get you'll what reap you want. The benefits. Yep. Christian Mingle had the same problem. Yeah. Fireproof had the same problem. It's the the problem with these movies mm-hmm. is everybody gets exactly what they want in the yeah. end because of them <laughs> either becoming a Christian or, in this case. Revival happening. I think that's what makes A Little Piece of Heaven stand out from a lot of these movies is that nobody learns their lesson, but everybody (laughs) still gets what they wanted even more. (laughs) They're just encouraged to continue in their bad Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, that's that's facing the Giants. Yeah. I I don't know if there's anything else that's... There wasn't another issue. I don't know how much we want to talk about it, though. Fireproof had the same thing, which is they don't know what to do with their African-American characters. And so they just make them stereotypes of African-Americans. Yeah, they really do. And it's... (laughs) I don't really want to spend much time on it. I don't want to spend much time on it either, but it's always... It's just stereotypes. They're they're just there for, like, comic relief. Mm -hmm. And And the comic relief is that they're black. Like it's not yeah. it's not like they're funny or something. It's just they do black people things. Like that's what the joke of the movie is. He's a black guy. Yeah. Any 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 like attempt at comic relief that is really like what the mm-hmm. that's what it is. So that's unfortunate. Uh so the the really the only <laughs> the only two things that I took away from this movie that were good, like the good scenes were the death crawl scene and it, the scene where at the beginning where Grant Taylor, the coach, is like just struggling could have been really good if they didn't draw it out. Yeah. But that's really about it. Everything else was kind of every single payoff was unearned. Every single good thing. Like, so I wrote down on my notes here revival equals football wins. Like, yeah. That's this. That, that's the message of the movie. That's really, that's all I have to say about that. I guess we can go into our guiding questions. Yeah, was there any truth in this movie? Not, there's nothing that this movie was trying to communicate that was true. Like, there were true things in the movie, but none of the message of this movie was true. Yeah, yeah. I think I would, yeah, I would feel the same way. It was Because the message of this movie is, Jesus will give you everything that you want. yeah. And it's, oh, but I, I've I already said it, but this is the per the sports movie is the perfect engine for this kind of ideology. Mm-hmm. It, if you were going to uh, watch a sports movie, that, or let's say a sports movie that does this idea well, 
I mean, Remember the Titans, I think, is the perfect example of a sports movie that does this well. I've never seen Remember the Titans, Ben. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Friday Night Lights. I mean, Remember the Titans has problems, too, but it does this this idea really well of the team, like, working together. But, But again, it's not a Christian movie, so it doesn't have, like, explicitly Christian ideas. Right. Remember the Titans, the... Or, sorry, Friday Night Lights, the TV show, actually does have a lot of explicitly Christian things in hmm. it, which is interesting to me because um, it's not a Christian movie or TV show, but it does have a lot of actually, like, some of the characters are Christian. So it's just a great example of um, complex family-friendly show. Yeah, it. well, it's a perfect example of how to cope with all of these issues and do it in a good way because mm-hmm. in that movie the the husband and wife deal with a pregnancy they deal with the boosters wanting or in the show they deal with the boosters wanting to get him fired because he's a losing coach mm-hmm. they deal with the team having attitude issues and not being able to work together well they deal with one of the players getting injured in a really bad way and like how to cope with that like they deal with a lot of really good issues and also in Friday Night Lights, the coach and his wife is, it's like, uh, we've talked about this before. I've said this to you before, and I think your dad has said this to you yeah. before as well. Like, the, the coach and his wife in Friday Night Lights are one of the best portrayals of, like, what a healthy marriage looks like realistically. Yeah. Like, not just, you know, everything's happy all the time and everything's good all the time, but what, like, an actually good communicating relationship looks like. I've never seen anybody do it better. Yeah. And it's not a Christian show, but right. they, they got something about what marriage is like in that show. Yeah, the the problem with these movies is that the faith is quantifiable, and when you have, quote-unquote, more faith, you receive heaven on earth. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't address the fact that any kind of reward that's promised for your uh, slow and steady mm. good work... Um, like any kind of earthly thing really doesn't have anything to do with that, but it kind of, it just presents like this, like paradise is created for mm-hmm. these people because they decide to pray more and yep. read their Bible more. Yeah. Spoiler alert. That's not how real life works. Yeah. Did it handle the material well? There's some good, like the death quote, there were some good the, football scenes. Yeah. Like the, that's, that's what I was, yeah, the, the football scenes are the best part of the movie, and if there had been more of them, the movie would have been better. And I think this is, I mean, I think Christians do really like sports. I mean, a lot of America loves football, but mm. it's sort of this, it's weird because, like, Christians made this movie about football, and they have a much better understanding and passion for football than they really <laughs> yeah, seem to true. about the most important subject matter of the movie. Yeah, all of the football stuff is really good. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of it is so ham-fisted. Do you have anything else to add about the material? No, that I, yeah. I think that's about I think we've it. kind of covered how we feel about most of it. <laughs> yeah. Should the movie have been made? I mean, it already was made. Remember the Titans? Yeah. I don't... I, I mean, I like the attempt at making, like, a family-friendly sports movie. Mm. I mean, because certain... You know, some families don't want, like, any kind of objectionable content. And I think sports is a great vehicle for a movie that doesn't have that kind of content. Because, like, sports is... You know, a football movie is always exciting because there's a lot of action in the football scenes. Mm-hmm. But... Everything else surrounding it was just bad, disappointing. Yeah. My answer for this question is almost consistently always, I wish this movie had been made differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the same answer here. Don't do the Jesus gives me everything that I want thing. Yeah. All you have to do 
and again, I'm repeating myself over and over again every episode. All you have to do is show these characters in the same exact situation, and they don't get what they want. Yeah. Now what? That's the story. Mm-hmm. But no. It doesn't... The movie doesn't ask any kind of question. Yeah. <laughs> There's no questions yeah. asked. Yeah. Um, who would you recast? We got into this. Definitely Kirk Cameron as the football <laughs> yeah. coach. But the coach sounds like Bill Hader. <laughs> so I think that would have been a funny that would have uh, been recast an interesting... of Bill Hader as the yeah. uh, co- as Coach Taylor. I would I would recast I think the entire cast with the cast of Friday Night Lights. <laughs> ben loves Friday. Night I Lights. do. I do. I do love Friday Night Lights. Season two is weak, but it's a good show. I'm surprised though that with all of your love of Friday Night Lights, you still didn't understand coaches. Sub coaches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've been immersed in this culture, Benjamin. That's true. <laughs> I, I have nothing to say. All right. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so... Yeah, I think that's really about it. Did as anything as as knock your week. socks off, Ben? Not really. Not even... The death crawl scene didn't really knock my socks yeah. off. It was just the most acceptable scene in the movie. Yeah. It had a raw emotion. Yeah. And it was just a good... I, it, was, it, it was a good scene. Yeah. Nothing... But nothing knocked my socks off. I'm trying off to think movie. if there was anything in particular. Well, okay. So here, here's... Me as the costumes. <laughs> it blew me away. Just the... <laughs> nothing fit. You know, Coach Taylor was wearing his dad's shoes. And... And his oversized polo sketchers. that just didn't... Like yeah, the, right yeah they were just kind of sagging off it. It was perfect. <laughs> just kind of, you know, at some point, like, I think a lot of people do just kind of give up really yeah. having any kind of worry about yeah. what... He's he's married. He doesn't like. have to impress anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the fact that I basically predicted every beat of this movie within 15 minutes tells me that nothing knocked my socks off. It was exactly what I expected it to be. It was, man, 15 minutes in. Because, like, how many times did I look at you when you would say something and just say, just watch the movie? Yeah. Yeah, um, Would you watch this again? No. No? No. Would you recommend it? No. To nobody? No. There's better movies that tell the same story. Okay. Yep. This. See, here's the thing Um, God's Not Dead, I was, and Christian Mingle both, I would acknowledge, is more like. Masterpieces. Uh, God's Not Dead was like a pop culture, like evangelical yeah. pop culture masterpiece because it hit all the points, like uh, the uh, what's that show called, Duck Dynasty, yeah. and the Newsboys, yeah, and then and the Gotcha, yeah, uh, the apologetics, gotcha apologetics, yeah. um, <laughs> and then Christian Mingle was just yeah, same message, but there was just something about <laughs> it, it was, that and Christian Mingle, like I, I think but, people should watch Christian Mingle. I think so too. But I, yeah, this movie, perfect. there's nothing that like there's yeah. no reason to see it. Yeah. And then but this movie, like ideologically, it's like the magnum opus, I think, of Right, yeah, I get the, what you're saying. That kind of theology. It's like more the blatant than any of it's the other movies. So blatant because there's so many problems presented. Mm-hmm. There's so many like the main character has so many conflicts with so many different things and they all get fixed everything all of it yeah how would you rate this movie i would probably two pairs of dad shoes two pairs of dad shoes two pairs of dad shoes two pairs or two dad shoes well, that'll just make it a one on the scale i'm going to give it a two so okay. two pairs of dad two shoes two pairs of dad shoes i think i would give this one uh, state championship football trophy one state cha- championship football trophy. Yeah. Man, 
Yeah, this was... I didn't know what to expect going into it. But then 10 minutes into it, exactly what to expect. Exactly what to expect. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we did detox from this movie. Yeah. We watched Robert Duvall's The Apostle right after this. Oh, my goodness. Which... Ben had never seen it. I had seen it a couple times. That's wow! That was fantastic. Fantastic movie about a Pentecostal preacher. Yeah. Um, do you think maybe we should review it for this? Kind of, you know. I don't know. I don't feel out. worthy to review that movie. It was I so know. good. Yeah. All that to say, you can make movies about Christian themes, and they can be really good movies. Yeah. You see, if you're if you're listening to this podcast regularly, and uh, we take often take negative turns in every episode. We will give you the recommendation of The Apostle as an excellent yep. movie that addresses a lot of Christian themes. In but the problem is it's not a family way. movie. Like, Although no. there's nothing really bad in it. It wasn't terribly there's, objectionable, no. No, there's no. Uh, like swearing I think is the yeah. worst thing in it. Yeah. But, but it's... What a great story. Yeah. An incredible story. So, uh, Dreams of a Better Day podcast highly recommends the Apostle, the Apostle written, directed, and starring, yeah, and produced Robert, by and produced by Robert Duvall. Yep. I, I, I this is off topic, but I do want to talk about one scene in that movie because I loved it so much, which is the final like preaching scene. Mm. Robert Duvall through various events. He's in trouble with the law. Yeah, he's in trouble with the law. And he is pastoring this small Pentecostal church in Louisiana. He's on the lamb. He goes farther. He is really far into the deep south and yeah. starts his own church. Yep. Yeah. And he's he starts this church. It's doing really well. He's preaching this Pentecostal sermon. And in like at the beginning of the church service, a police officer walks in the door and just stands at the door. And Robert Duvall kind of acknowledges him but says, we're going to continue the service. Mm-hmm. And then for the next probably 20 or 30 minutes, I think. They, they show the full like service. Like the full church the service. The full church yeah. service. And, and it's, the inti- they didn't need to create any tension. They, yep. they didn't need to fabricate anything, manufacture anything. It's just like, oh boy, the law is here. Yeah. But he just starts. Yeah. He starts preaching. It's a great, it's a great like contrast between the law is here, but he's preaching the gospel. It's, yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. So he, he's preaching. And the, the reason I brought this up is because no Christian movie does this. If this had been a Christian movie, like every 30 seconds, the camera would have been on the police officer yeah. and there would have been like this music, like dun 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 dun. Yeah. But no, the, for this entire scene as he's preaching and as like the other people in the church are singing, giving testimonies and stuff, the you know the police officer's there and sometimes the camera, he'll be standing in the background, but it never, the camera never really focuses on the police officer. He's just there. And so the tension builds itself in the scene. What's going to happen when yeah. this sermon ends? And they didn't need to throw it in your face. They didn't need to do anything. They just let it build itself. Yeah. That's how you make a good movie. Mm-hmm. This Christian movies are not capable of that kind of thing. Or at least no one who has made one that does that kind of thing. The funding is all allocated to the wrong people. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a great scene. Yeah, man, I was, I was speechless mm-hmm. when that ended. I was just we sat in silence for about fifteen minutes after that movie ended. Yep, yeah, that was really good. Anyway, so that we're not reviewing the Apostle, no. but it's a great. All example. that to say, the, the Apostle is an example of how a movie about Christian themes about Christians should be made. Yeah, and that, we don't just hate movies. No, yeah, no. 
And that is our episode about facing the Giants. Yeah. Anything else to add, Ben? Um, I think that that's about it. We've pretty much talked about everything I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm, I'm good. So. All right. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to us and uh, have any questions or comments about this movie, you can email us at betterdaypodcast at gmail.com. Which I never check. We're on Instagram <laughs> at betterdaypodcast. We're on Twitter at betterdaycast. And any thoughts, comments, questions about the movie, if you have any movie recommendations, let us know. Those of, us, those of you who follow us or interact with us on Facebook or Twitter, send us your movie recommendations. Um, also, question of the week. Did your school ever try to manufacture a revival? Yeah, I want to know this because I'm sure plenty of you have gone to... Um, like a Christian school. Went to some kind of Christian school. Did they ever do this? Because I 100% my high school tried to do this where they would try to manufacture some kind of social and religious revival among all the people. But all it did was kind of make people mad at each other about things that happened <laughs> Petty in second things grade. that happened yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's the end. <laughs> yeah, that's really... Endings are hard. Yeah. Not in Christian movies, though. End- endings are great in Christian yeah. movies. I wish our podcast could end every time like Christian <laughs> movies end, but sadly, that's just not the case. Yeah. The ending never works out quite the way we want it to. 